Hello and welcome to the Family Brand Podcast. My name is Chris. I'm a husband, a father, and an entrepreneur. My name's Melissa, and I am a wife, mother, former nurse turned real estate investor. And we believe the greatest gift you can give your child is a last name that stands for something. Your last name is your family's brand. If you are a parent who wants to raise your child to know who they are, love who they are, and believe in who they are, this show is for you. We promise to bring you real and authentic conversations with parents and experts who are committed to making their family their life's most important work. This show will help you take a stand for your family and to raise your children by design, not default. Welcome back to this week's episode. I have to warn you, we came into our loft to start recording this episode and there's this rooster outside like going crazy crowing. So there may be rooster interspersed throughout this entire episode. I don't know. Yeah, his uh, his, his schedule's way off. It's it's middle of the day here it's in Hawaii. He didn't get the memo though. How is your day going today, Melissa? Good. We got outside. It's always a plus. Worked on the shed. Yeah, we have this little project. Um, it was Ivy's idea, actually. There's this little, this dinky, dingy little shed right next to the house that she had this vision to create her own little shed out there. I told her, let's call it your she shed. Or homeschool projects. Actually a thing. Yeah. For her, for her projects and homeschool and everything. So we're going to create that into something awesome. We'll put it on Instagram. If you don't follow us, go follow us on Instagram. I'll, and I'm happy to announce that uh, I beat Tanner in ping pong because he's always beating me in ping pong. He's the best player in our family and he talks so much trash. It felt so good. <laughs> <laughs> to beat him today, but on to more important things. So in, in kind of deciding like, what, what, what would we share this week? One of the things that Melissa and I realized is we've, we've noticed that, you know, just our children, they're just not getting along as much, a little more competitive, just more at each other and more complaining. And we, you know, and we know that a big move like to Hawaii that can, you know, change things and take some time to adjust. But then it hit us. There's something that we did back in Gilbert on a consistent basis. And it was, it was what we believe is the most powerful thing, or one of the most powerful ways to connect with your children. And we realized we've gotten away from it since being here in Hawaii. And that's what we want to focus on uh, in this week's episode is the power of one-on-one time with each of your children. And I'll say that I recognize that sometimes it's like, no, I want alone time. Like <laughs> I need to get away from my children. And totally, like all of us can really benefit from a, a alone time. What we've realized is we have a totally different appreciation for our children and can totally connect with them in different ways when we spend individual time with each of them. So we're just going to talk about the power of that, some of the ways we've we've created it where it can really work, maybe some of the things that haven't worked. And uh, yeah, like... Easy ways. Super yeah. easy. And one-on-one time with each other, like as, as husband, wife, partners, spouses, that's as equally as important. But just this power of like created one-on-one time and the difference it can make in the culture of your home, just the overall environment and kind of the the vibe and the energy of your family. Yeah. And I think for each kid, it makes an individual difference for them too. It's like, I see you. I want to be with you and spend time with just you. I think it makes a huge difference. So one thing that I'll just start out with is we do it every Sunday and we call it check-ins. And we got this idea from a book that we had read. It's a business book. And it's called the nine lies about work. Yes. By Marcus Buckingham. We'll link to it in the show notes. Yeah. And I love, I love um, reading business books and seeing like, Oh, business books are always about 
are often about building teams and stronger infrastructure within your organization. And I just think there's a lot of times some really cool parallels to families that maybe get overlooked. So this idea of this check-in and how we do it, it was from, was from this book. And Chris, tell us more about, you're going to remember better than me, like what they said um, in the book, you know, just the background about these two questions and the teams and stuff. Yeah, it was interesting because the book was really about high-performing teams and the culture. And again, so much of what we talk about in family brand is building your family's brand, right? Like treating it somewhat like you would a business and having a brand and a culture just like successful companies do. And there was there was one of the myths was that people care about the company they work for. And what he reveals in the book is no one cares about the company they work for. They care about the team they're on. So you can be on a great team inside of a bad company and love it. You can be on a bad team inside of a great company and hate it. What's interesting about a family is it's kind of the company and the team. <laughs> but one of the things that they identified was um, with the highest performing teams, it didn't matter the company, they didn't matter the industry. They the the managers or leaders on those teams did one thing um, that was similar, and that was they would have a one on one check in each week with every member of the team, and they would essentially ask them two questions, and the two questions were. What are you working on this week that's important and meaningful to you? And how can I support you? And that was really like the only commonality they could find amongst all of these high-performing teams. Because, you know, there was a lot of things they did differently. But the one thing they had in common was this, this one-on-one check-in. And what, what they talk about in the book is the, the power wasn't even in necessarily the one-on-one check-in or what came out of it. It was the fact that each employee on that team really felt seen and heard and listened to and supported by their leader. It was like, oh, you care enough about me to come check in with me once a week. And again, the support that they would offer based on how that person would answer the question, they said was, wasn't even as powerful as just being asked the question of what are you working on this week that's important or meaningful to you and how can we support you? So again, Melissa and I read that and we immediately thought, well, we should like, let's do one-on-one check-ins with our kids on Sundays, like heading into the new week. And it's been really fun. Like, and we totally notice a difference in the connection, how we can support them throughout the week. Yeah. So I'll kind of break it down a little bit, how we execute it exactly. So we just take each kid one by one. And actually, I guess it's two instead of a one-on-one. It's like a two-on-one. Usually Chris and I like doing it together. So we'll bring each kid into the, the room with us. Usually we'll do it on our bed actually. And we'll just have them sit down on our bed. We'll all just pull up on the bed and say, and just ask them those two questions. What's important to you this week? And then how can we support you this week? And it is, it is really cool just to see like, what is, what is on their mind? What's important to them? Um, sometimes it's so interesting. You never just getting into their minds for a minute, like a couple of weeks ago, Indies, what was important to her? She's had some funny ones lately. <laughs> She's four. So what's important to her one week was we have this like private stash of like good, um, like dark chocolate bark in a cupboard that's mine and Chris's, but it was important to her to eat some of that chocolate <laughs> one week. That was what was important to her. So well, specifically, we were, what was important? We said, what's important to you this week? And she said, dad helping me get chocolate. <laughs> yep. That was it. And then how can I support you is usually sometimes they're the same thing. What's important to you and how can I support you? But sometimes they're different. Um, but each kid, yeah, just comes up with, with what, with those two answers. And then Chris and I take, usually we take notes on our phone, their answers so that we can kind of remember them throughout the week. Yeah. That's, that's one of the things we learned kind of 
in the beginning, we were asking them these questions and not necessarily capturing them. And then we kind of forget throughout the week. And sometimes we'd have to go back and ask, you know, one of the kids. And I kind of was like, ah, that probably isn't showing that we're really like that committed when we forgot. Yeah, we can't even remember. So we just created a reoccurring appointment on our phone every day in the evening. It just like 8, 8, 8 p.m. And we just capture the check-ins. So it just reminds us of every day. So that, so that throughout the week, we can follow up with them and just ask them and like check in with them about the check-in. And the other thing I've noticed is I would say on a weekly basis, one or two of our kids in the check-in, that set thing happening every week, it also creates an opportunity for them to talk about maybe other things. Like we'll be asking them what's what's important and meaningful to you this week and how can we support you? And they'll share something that's maybe they're struggling with or something that they're frustrated by, or it just creates this space to have a really cool conversation. What we've added recently to this is a third question, or maybe not necessarily even a third question, but we, we invite, uh, we ask them if we can challenge them to do something that week. And this is, you know, I'd love to talk about this in another episode. Um, and maybe we've already talked about this, creating a culture of challenge and support that, you know, like, again, we borrowed this from a business principle, but they found that the highest performing teams and the best cultures where people loved working there and loved being part of the team was when there was an environment of high challenge and high support. And so we feel like we're, we're creating support by asking them what's most important to you and what can we, you know, support you with but then also this challenge. So oftentimes if it's something like, like Trip, for example, recently, I don't know what it is, but he has this like whiny, it's like the mix between a whine and a scream voice. Very shrill. <laughs> like it's not fun for anyone to listen to. And we saw that he was just getting in the habit of kind of doing it even when it didn't, well, I'll say no circumstance calls for it, <laughs> but just, and so that's one of the things like we challenged him, Hey Trip, you know, could we challenge you this week to really just, you know, if you want something, instead of screaming at someone, just asking them nicely or telling them to please stop, you know, so we can challenge them with something that would make a difference for them. Yeah. So that's it. Like, and it's just really cool, like to do that every, every week. And, and I think too, that one of the things that Melissa and I have talked about is there's power in just spending one-on-one time with your kids, like randomly, like, Hey, I'm going to run to the gas station. Or, hey, I'm going to run to the grocery store. You want to come with me and just grab one of your kids. But I think it's really meaningful when their kids know that they can count on it. When it's created time, I think it means a little bit more. And there's some Sundays where It'll be partway through the day and someone will just be like, I'm going first and check-ins like they'll remind us. Yeah. And I think the important thing along the same lines is that it, these check-ins, if you do decide to do them, is that they're consistent. This is out of the book, actually, that same book, The Nine Lies About Work. It said that it used the analogy of toothbrushing and it said you would never just brush your teeth really, really good twice a year. You do it every single day, ideally. And in this case, we're talking once a week check-ins, but it's just that consistency. It doesn't have to be a a huge production, but just consistent. So your kids know like, oh, mom and dad actually do want to know what's important to me. And they really do want to support me, not just a couple times, a couple times a year. And this just takes a few minutes um, for each kid. Honestly, probably Trip and Indy probably take like two minutes. And then one other important thing that keeps them excited super excited about it, especially actually all of them is I bring whatever little snacks we have around the house. I bring those to the check-in too. And then when their check-in's over, they get to take a snack. So sometimes that's usually it's just like leftover Halloween candy or something that I have hiding somewhere. I'll just throw that in a bowl and let them choose one out of the bowl. And they love, love doing that. So it's like they get my check-in, I get my little treat and then they're on their way. Yeah. And I have noticed that I was going to say the same thing, super simple, three to five minutes. Sometimes though, our older kids will, you know, we might be there 15, 20 minutes and we'll stand there as long as they want to talk. 
but it does create, you know, opportunities throughout the week. Like I've noticed that recently trips really into football. So that's one of the things, you know, when we ask them, how can we support you? It's like by helping me with football. And then we're like, well, or what's important to you this week? You know, football, how can we support you? Throw me passes. And so then that, that reminds me to actually, you know, be proactive. Like, so if I'm going to go do a workout outside I'll say, Hey, trip, come outside and in between my sets while I'm resting, I'll, I'll throw you passes. But I think the key, like, and we're going to talk about a couple other things, but I love this quote by Dr. Anthony P. Witham. He say, he says that children spell love time. And I think that's what we find. And that's what we've gotten away from here in Hawaii. We've kind of gotten away from, we've been okay about the check-ins. I feel like we've done pretty good about those. But the thing that we've gotten away from is what we'll share next. And that is one-on-one kid dates. So in Gilbert, we were pretty consistent about every other Tuesday, we would do a one-on-one kid date. And so it helped when our boys got a little bit older to watch some of the kids because Melissa and I could actually both be out with a, a child each. And then Tater Tanner could be home with the other kids. But the kid dates are like, again, simple. Like we might run to the gas station and get a pack of gum. We might run to the park and feed the ducks one slice of bread. We might, I don't know what else like we've done with run and grab an ice cream cone, you know, from Chick-fil-A or like it. But again, it's just that created time where our kids know that they can count on that. And that's one of the things that we've gotten away from. And we realized today that we want to get back on a regular schedule. And for us, we know that if it's not in the calendar and it's not blocked out on our phones, it's just not going to happen. Whether that's once a month, some families we've talked to actually can, you know, that we've shared this idea with, end up doing it once a week, some it's every other week, but whatever it is, it's just something that works for you where your kids know that they can count on -on one-on-one time. And then how we do it is every other week, we just rotate. So each month we're each taking one, one of our kids on a, on a kid date. Yeah. So we do every other Tuesday. So we had, we had done in the past. So I take one, say I take Ivy the first Tuesday, Chris would take her the, the next time we do it. And it is just a super simple thing. I think we started out doing more extravagant things on these kid dates, but we realized that wasn't super sustainable. And so it really is like, I think I imagine on Tuesday when we start doing them here in Hawaii, there's not a lot of options, I guess, as far as we had a lot of stores and things we could go to in Gilbert. But here, I imagine we'll just literally go to the gas station and let them pick out a snack, maybe go down to the ocean, play in the ocean for a minute. Just really easy. But but again, just created time one-on-one for each kid. We'd also do bike rides sometimes. Like, oh, yeah. hey, let's go right around the block and just talk. You know, that was the kid date. Mm-hmm. One of the things I think too is you can have these, um, so those are what we would refer to like as a created time, right? Like your kids know they can look forward to, but there's, there's also opportunities to create these random one-on-one kid dates. And I know sometimes it's like, look, I'm leaving to go to the grocery store specifically because I don't want anyone to come with me. <laughs> so Especially totally- right now when everyone's in the same, oftentimes, you know, each, I know where, depending on where you live, it's different, but if you're home with your family, your kids 24 seven right now. Yeah, you might look forward to that <laughs> totally. outing. To the I have realized though how many times I'll just run and do something quickly, like a quick errand or go get gas. Or it's not that I don't want to bring one of my kids with me. I just sometimes don't think about it. But if I can remember, I'll just grab one of them and say, "Hey, you know, come go with me." And they always just love it, even if even if they don't get anything. Like it's not always about like the treat or the snack or the. It's just going and spending time. One thing that Melissa and I have been surprised at, I think maybe not as much anymore because we're used to it. But in the beginning. We would always come home from the nights we'd do kid dates and, you know, we'd be getting ready for bed or talking after the kids were in bed. And Melissa and I would be like, you'll never believe like the conversation I had with, you know, one of our kids and what they said and like how much they talked to me and how much more they opened up. And it is like, it's it, and not, not every time. It's not this earth shattering, really deep conversation, but we do find that we have a different level and uh, like a different like depth and just more meaningful conversations when it's 
when it's one-on-one. Yeah, totally. I feel like sometimes when we're, when someone's trying to talk to us, there's just so many people involved in the conversation in our family and especially the little ones, you know, they want to interject and be part of it. And I know that can be frustrating for our bigger kids sometimes. So it's just, I think, really refreshing for them to be able to just have me or Chris all to themselves for just a little bit. Talk to talk about what you were sharing with me earlier, Melissa, the difference kind of the younger kids and now their kids are getting older where they they're starting to gravitate naturally to come like just wander into our room at nights and talk to us. Yeah, it kind of, well, Chris had, before we started recording, Chris had, Chris had shared with me a story that he thought would fit well in this episode. So maybe you share that story and then I'll follow up. Yeah, it's a story by um, a religious leader named Down H. Oaks. And it's a really amazing talk uh, that he gave called Good, Better, Best. And in one of the talks, he, he, he references how we spend time as a family. Like there's good time that we spend as a family. There's better time. And then there's, there's the best time. And he just says that, you know, when we're looking at how we choose to spend time as a family, that we should be careful not to exhaust all of our available time on those things that are good and leave little to no time for the stuff that's better or best. And he tells a story about a friend of his who took his young family on a series of like pretty awesome uh, vacations in the summer. Like, you know, historical, you know, memorable historic sites and all, the, you know, just all these adventures. And then at the end of the summer, he was asking his teenage son, which of these, you know, what, what Down refers to as good summer activities that his son enjoyed the most. And he said that, that the dad was actually really surprised and learned a lot from his, his son's answer. Because what his son said is the thing I liked the most or the thing I liked best this summer was the night you and I laid on the lawn and looked at the stars and talked. And it's just like, so eye opening that you know, these like really amazing family activities, these like, like super big adventures and trips and like all out money, money that we, you know, go on. They're, they're great, but they're not, they're not always better than one-on-one time. Like with a parent that's been eye opening for Melissa and I actually, we, we sat down what year or two ago and asked our kids the favorite vacations and trips they'd ever been on. Uh-huh. And not one, like not even in the top 10 were the ones we'd spent the most money on. Like these, what we'd call like super, like what down at, down at Chokes refers to as super trips or super activities. Disney World wasn't on there. Disneyland wasn't. It was like camping. The 4th of July in the small town in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, road trips. like, and yeah, But, but again, because that's just, that's more about time. And I, and the last thing I'll say, and then I want Melissa to share what, what, what I was talking about with our older kids coming in and just talking to us in the evenings is that is something though, that if you're not careful, we've realized it's so easy to outsource all of your time to so many activities and you don't even realize it's happening. And you don't really have time left to focus on the best activities or the best time, which is often the most simplest as well. Just one-on-one time. Yeah. And what, what that story reminded me of is um, some things I've been reading lately, just saying how as your kids get older and our oldest is 13, he'll be 14 this year. Um, so you know, definitely entering the teen, teen years that you as a parent have to be a little bit I think with our little kids, we can create the one-on-one time. It's like, hey, come and hang out with me. Let's do this. But as they get older, it's more like when they're ready for it, like you just got to be ready for it. And it might not be at a convenient time and it might not be like you might be ready to go to bed, but you know, your kid will wander into your room and want to talk and that that's like the magic time to like really connect um, when it's maybe not happening as much or as, as it used to be. So that's something that I'm kind of attuned to right now is, is that, and sometimes it is really challenging because, <laughs> because that will happen. I'll be ready to go to bed and, you know, or I'll be in the middle of something and I'm not always the best at it. Honestly, like sometimes I just want to finish what I'm doing and 
or go to bed or whatever it is. Um, but doing this podcast is a good reminder for me to remember that. Okay. Those are the, those are the moments that are going to really matter. Yeah. And I, I know this doesn't quite fit a hundred percent with the one-on-one time, but I also, I think just this idea of time as a family, we're often tempted Melissa and I, we've, we've talked about this before that I think it's kind of natural for a lot of families that when you're thinking about going on a trip or you're thinking about just doing something fun to always involve another family, which is fun. And there's some power in just t- again, one-on-one time with each of your children, but just time together as a family. And another thing he talks about uh, Dallin H. Oaks in this article is he said that family experts have warned against what they call the overscheduling of children. In the last generation, children are far busier and families spend far less time together. Among many measures of this disturbing trend are the reports that structured sports time has doubled, but children's free time has declined by 12 hours per week. And unstructured outdoor activities have fallen by 50%. The number of those who report that their whole family usually eats dinner together has declined 33%. This is, that is, this is the most concerning because the, family, the time a family spends together eating meals at home is the strongest predictor of children's academic achievement and psychological adjustment. Family mealtimes have also been shown to be a strong bulwark against children smoking, drinking, or using drugs. There is, a, there is inspired wisdom in this advice to parents. What your children really want for dinner is you. Yeah, like that. There's a lot of really incredible research out there about the power of eating meals together as a family. Like shocking, like this report from Stanford that we should link actually in the show notes that you would not believe. I mean, I, I was shocked, like, then the amount of things that can be predicted by just how many meals a family eats together and that time together. But I think the reoccurring theme in all of this is like that story of the, the family that went all these amazing trips. It's like, Hey, what do you, you know, what do you really want to, what do you really want on this trip more than anything? Right. You're asking your kids. Their answer probably truly is like, I want you, you know, what, what do you want for dinner most? Oh, I want you like, just, yeah. I just want time with you. Even though they might not be able to verbalize it exactly in that way. Yeah. I actually have a cool, um, I had a conversation recently with someone that is going to come be a guest on the podcast, hopefully sooner rather than later and talk all about this idea of family mealtime and how important it is. So that'll be a good episode. Yeah. I think the the other thing we're going to talk about is the power of one-on-one time as like husband and wife, like as a couple. And I think it's so easy to put everything ahead of that, right? It's natural for us to put our children, their activities first. If we were going to schedule prioritized kid dates over parent dates or which one we'd probably choose like, oh, we got to do the kid dates. I just, I don't know. I live for date night with Melissa. Like I, I just feel every time we come home from date night, I feel like replenished, recharged. I feel like I show up as a better dad, better husband, you know? And so I think just making that a priority. But for us, we've been better about that out here in Hawaii, but again, not as good as we were in Gilbert. And I'm realizing it's because like in Gilbert, we had a set night. We had on the calendar, places we like to go, like, non-negotiable. We mm-hmm. just did it every week. Yes, we gotta get we gotta get back to that too. And I do think you know, Chris and I. If you listened to our prior episode, you know, like we were separated for a while and almost got divorced. So I think we, it's really important to us to not take our relationship for granted. And I don't know. I think a lot of times I see couples who have kids, and then it just it becomes all about their kids. Their family becomes all about their kids which I don't think is a bad thing. I think it's an awesome thing. And I think that it's so important to maintain that couple relationship too, because I think we all want our kids to like grow up and leave the house. And then it's just back to that foundation of the couple. And I think it's so important to keep that strong. And I feel like the one thing that our kids are the most understanding about us spending time away from them 
and they actually even, even encourage it is around our date nights. You know, they'll, they'll be like, yeah, mom and dad got to go on a date and they're happy to watch the kids. And, you know, Indy this morning, we're out cleaning the shed because we're going on a date tonight. It's going to be our weekly date, but it's because it's for my birthday. But Indy, Indy was like, yeah, you have to go on a date because you guys got married and you kiss on your dates. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I, but I thought about that and I was like, I think it's also a great like demonstration that like what we're modeling for our kids or what you are modeling for your children when you have a commitment to spend time together as a couple and go on a regular date and you're modeling that that's kind of normal, right? In a marriage and in a relationship. Mm -hmm. One of the other things that (laughs) Melissa and I have been pretty good about, and we now have the opportunity to create, create it here in Hawaii, which will be a different challenge because we don't have as much support and as much family here, but we've been pretty dang good over the last few years about going on a quarterly getaway. And that might sound like absurd. We've, we've talked to some couples that are like, I haven't, we haven't been on a overnight away from our children in eight years. And it's so easy to allow that to happen. So I don't care if it's a quarterly getaway, an annual getaway, twice a year, like, I, but having a commitment that you're going to go away and look, it doesn't have to be extravagant. When I say several years, there was lots of times where we didn't have money to go do anything extravagant. Like your quarterly getaway literally could be, we're going to go for the day, not even stay the night somewhere, but that we have on our time once a quarter, once, you know, twice a year, whatever it is, or we're going to have intentional time away that's longer than a date night. And every time we do a quarterly getaway, again, whether it's for the day, a staycation somewhere else, we come back recharged. It allows us to kind of assess where our family's at, but it's just that commitment to that time. But if you don't commit to it, if you don't get it on a calendar, it'll never happen. You'll find tons of reasons why it's not going to be convenient to do it. Yeah. I'm thinking about my sister. She's coming out to visit in March and she's never, she's married like nine years and they've never had like a couple's trip. And I'm so excited for her to come and visit. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to, and, and we're going to influence them to make this a regular, you know, regular habit, regular routine. Yeah. But I think sometimes that's the thing that keeps us from doing things like that is because we think that a quarterly getaway has to be like extravagant or like a, a Uh, every other, like a date night with our kids. But I think when you realize like, no, it can be super simple. It can be super like, it's again, it's not about the thing or the activity. It's just about the time. Yeah. And I think one other thing I want to mention in any of this, we're talking date nights, like getaways with with a couple, or even just your one-on-one with your kids is it doesn't have to be expensive. Like I know you can swap with a friend, like maybe, Hey, you watch my kids overnight and then we'll swap and I'll watch your kids overnight. It can be created to be in a way that's really attainable for a lot of people. Yeah. And maybe on your quarterly getaway, like you're on a budget, you go camp. Totally. Just you and your spouse, it'd be a blast, right? You go hike, you go sleep in your car somewhere, or you just do a day trip, you know? So to me, it's not about the activity. It's more about the commitment. The last thing I wanted to share just briefly, we were on a, um, we were on an RV trip that I had, I had this idea at the last minute. I had been asked to speak at an event in San Francisco there was a company I was consulting and they had their national sales conference and they asked me to come speak at it. So I committed to it without checking with Melissa on the calendar, which I always do (laughs) not realizing I was committing to speak in San Francisco on a Wednesday in the middle of spring break. And so we were trying to decide like what to do. And at the last minute, I just like, Hey, let's just rent an RV and just leave on Sunday and just road trip to San Francisco. And Melissa was cool enough to go on this crazy adventure because Indy was a newborn. I don't know. I was a little skeptical about it because yeah, this was five years ago. So Indy was, she was born in November. 
I just was picturing all of us <laughs> in an RV and it was a little overwhelming, but we did do it. And it was really fun. It was awesome. Yeah. What I loved about the RV though, is that every one of my kids would just randomly just come sit in the front seat with me. And we, and so it's kind of one-on-one time. Everyone was in there. You know, we just have these really cool conversations, but something about that RV trip, I think Tate was about to become 13. He's about to become 12, which meant he was about to be 13, right? And so we're thinking about that. And we're like, I think, it, well, backing up, if it was five years ago, he was, I always have to coach Chris about time, but <laughs> <laughs> he was probably what? It was seven? four years ago. So he's nine. Yeah. He was eight or nine. Anyways, we knew that like, you know, you hear all these statistics and all these things around teenagers. And if you don't have a great relationship with them head before they're going into their teen years. And so we were just like, man, how do we make sure that we really solidified our relationship, you know? Yeah. And so we had this idea that we came up with on this road trip that with every one of our kids, we would do an 11 year old trip with them, a 13 year old trip and a 15 year old trip. And the 11 year old trip would be all about their relationship with us. Like that would be the whole focus of the trip. Like we would, we would pick something that they're interested in. That's a personal like hobby or interest, build a trip around that and just really like pour into them and remind them like, you know, we, we love you. You can come talk to us about anything we, without judgment and we're here for you, you know? And then the 13 year old trip would be focused on their relationship with God and spirituality. And then their 15 year old trip would be kind of their relationship with mankind. And we would go maybe do some form of service. So, so far we've done two 11 year old trips with Tate and Tanner. We're getting ready to do Tate's 13 year old trip. And those two trips have been like so fun. And like so meaningful. And I think they've really made a difference. And again, the focus isn't on this extravagant trip and it doesn't have to cost a lot of money. Like again, your your 11, like, like your 11 year old trip or the 13 year old trip could be for the day. It doesn't even have to be overnight. We didn't even leave town for Tanner's. Yeah. But at, we've seen like a difference in that with, with both of our boys. And they've already started talking about their 13 year old trip. Ivy's already talking about her 11 year old trip and she's eight. So it's just little things that we're just experimenting with um, that, you know, every family can kind of take and make their own. And I think for that, for those trips too, it was, it was going to, the idea also was that it was built in time with your teens. Cause we're like, okay, we know that at this, you know, as our kids are 11 and 13 and 15, that those are going to be really important times in their life that we really want to be able to connect with them and, you know, solidify our relationship and make sure that they know that we're there for them and, and then we like support them no matter what. Yeah. So I think in closing and yeah, again, this rooster is really, really passionate about his calling <laughs> this afternoon. If we all could be so passionate. Um, yeah. I think, I think to me, what I would just, what I would you know end with is that, you know, whatever it is that you decide that works for your family, if it is a weekly check-in, if it is a monthly kid date, if it is, you know, bi-weekly couples, like, just the, the commitment to it and having it on a calendar and knowing that, you know, you can count on it like with a date night with your spouse and that your kids have something they can count on, I think is more important than anything that's actually done or said on the date. It's just this, I care enough about you to like spend some one-on-one time with you. Like that's a commitment and that's a priority for me. So, you know, we're going to, we're going to do that this week, get it on the calendar, make sure it happens. So pull out your calendars, do the same. And we'll see you next week. Hey there. Thanks for listening to today's episode. To show our appreciation, we want to offer you a free gift. We have an incredible online course you can get now by going to familybrand.com or by following the link in the show notes. 
And while you're there at familybrand.com, be sure to follow us on social media so that we can go on this journey together. Lastly, if this podcast has impacted you, we ask that you share it with another powerful family in your life and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. We will see you in the next episode.